dead won't bother you. It's the living you gotta worry about. Some, if I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I, at least I felt that I could keep uh, their skeletons. Hey. Hey. Hey, guess what? Hey, guys. You're, you're listening to the Bad Taste Crime Cast now. Oh, shit. I'm Janelle. I, and I guess I'm Vicky. Like, I guess we're like here to talk about murder and stuff. I guess we're doing a podcast about murder yeah. things. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Thank <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Welcome back Thanks for another coming. week of podcasty things. Welcome to our humble podcast abode. Yeah. <laughs> As per the usual, we have a great episode. Yeah. This one's exciting. Yeah. We, well, I got yes. to do a little bit of on-site research mm-hmm. for this one, so that was kind of fun. Yes. Um, I can't wait. For you yeah, to make gory details. I know. I'm really excited. <laughs> um, and actually, we don't. I don't really have any news. That's cool. This week, so we might just jump into the content. The world's terrible enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I think we'll probably just jump right into it this week. I think last week we might have given you a little bit of a long episode. Our bad. Oh well. We're not our bad. We're not. <laughs> you just want to listen to us. Talk out of her asses. I know you love my voice. No, that was really fun. My voice. Yeah. It was really fun to have a guest on the show, though. Yeah. I we think need to do it more. Yeah. We need to find people that know stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't know anything. Yeah. As uh, displayed by my lack of being able to fucking read my own notes. <laughs> forever and never Every living week. that down. Every week. So this week we're going to be talking about the Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. lock-up noises there. Turn, turn. Turn. <laughs> um, hold on. I got a gift for these guys. Aw, oh, shit. I hope it's haunted. <laughs> Is it a haunted item? No. <laughs> Wasn't your, uh, freaking pudding shot White Russians gift enough? <laughs> uh, aren't those delicious? Though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm slowly licking it out of the tiny cup that she gave me. Okay, so I just got you guys a little something. No. Just a little hip hat poo. Aww. Ooh. A shank Ooh. magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Shanks, Vicky. Oh, that's cute. I like that. So, do you read what it says on there? Okay, shank. A homemade weapon commonly found in prisons. This shank was found in Eastern State Penitentiary, and it has a little shank, and then it says Eastern State Pen. Oh, that's so cute! <laughs> I'm gonna put this on my fridge. something, and, and that is an everyone. actual picture of one that they found oh on one of the inmates at the prison. That's beautiful. Yes. Which I learned <laughs> that the words prison and penitentiary are... Different? No, Same. interchangeable. Interchangeable, okay. Yeah. Anyway, mm. just put that out there. Now you got a magnet with a shank on it. We're all about gifts here. (laughs) So like I said, yeah, we're talking about Eastern State Penitentiary. It's located in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was actually out there. I just got back at the beginning of this week, and I'm pooped. It's your birthday. It was kind of like a birthday (laughs) celebration, yeah. I know. We did birthday stuff last week, too. It's like never ending. all month. It's it's awesome. It's great. Um, But so I did go out there. Um, and was able to take a tour of the penitentiary. They do have it, the grounds open for um, tours. Unfortunately, I was hoping to take a guided tour and maybe record some of that, but we weren't able to, unfortunately. Yeah. We did, however, get to take this awesome audio tour. Oh, shit. Narrated by none other than Steve Buscemi. <gasps> 
That's amazing. <laughs> the entire time I was reading about this, I was thinking Boardwalk Empire, too. Yeah. Because it's a lot of 1920s stuff. The whole thing is narrated by Steve Buscemi, and I, I don't know if there's a specific reason why, if he, like, is just, like, a supporter of the penitentiary or, like... I don't know, but it was like, it was great. It was, yeah, it was pretty (laughs) great. And I did take some audio clips that you guys are going to hear kind of like pop in at a few points during our discussion. So actually, we're going to start with one right now. Hey guys, it is Vicky, one half of the podcast that you were listening to right this second. I am on location at Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, decided to, I happen to be coming out here to visit two of my very good friends, uh, Michael. Do you want to say hello? Hello. And Julian. Hello. And they have been so kind to take me through the city, uh, but we had to stop here and, and get some research done. Right now... Um, we are kind of in this opening area, um, but what you need to know right off the bat is the uh, Eastern State Penitentiary was the first penitentiary in the United States, and you were saying that's where we get the word penitentiary from, yes? From Quakers. From Pennsylvania. It was started by the Quakers. Um, it was also the first penitentiary to enact solitary confinement, which is, as we all know, really fucking brutal. So... Um, I will keep you guys updated as we go through. I suppose you'll hear me pop in with little bits of audio now and then. So as I said in in the audio clip, uh, Eastern State Penitentiary is the first penitentiary that was built in the United States. And the idea was conceived by a group of powerful Philadelphians that first met in 1787 at the home of Benjamin Franklin. That and crazy I, SOB. And I actually didn't know that he was, like, involved in any of this. because He had his hands in, like, fucking everything. Yeah, well, and Philadelphia is, like, one of those very historic cities, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's Liberty Bell and... Independence Hall, you know, that's where they like wrote the Constitution. Cheesesteaks, no? Cheesesteaks. <laughs> Historic cheesesteaks, yes. maybe? <laughs> the whiz. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this group of uh, Philadelphians, they called themselves the Philadelphia Society for Alleviating the Miseries of Public Prisons. And they proposed this idea to build a true penitentiary designed to create genuine regret and penitence in the criminal's heart. At the time, there wasn't a government that had been able to carry out a program like this, and it would be more than 30 years before the society could convince the Commonwealth to build this kind of prison that it had suggested. Right. Finally, the prison opened in 1829, um, and the goal was really to break away from the standard prisons of the time that were in other countries. Yeah, they're basically just slums. Yeah, and it was kind of like throw throw them in there, throw away the key. Mm-hmm. Lock them up, throw away the key. Um, a lot of them used corporal punishment and ill treatment, and they were trying to move towards this spiritual reflection and change model. And it ended up being the most expensive American building of its day, and it would become the most famous prison in the world. Here's where this extreme solitary confinement comes in. They use the Quaker method of isolation from other prisoners in combination with hard labor in order to achieve this and to prevent distraction from their ultimate path of penitence, knowledge of the building, and even the slightest interaction with anybody else in the prison, including the guards, the inmates would wear a hood at any time they were outside of their cells. So they were talking about on this tour, even when they brought them in, they would have a hood on their head so that other prisoners wouldn't know who they were. 
And so that when they were released, they wouldn't know who they were. They didn't know who else they were in there with. They spent all of the time in their cells only going out on um, breaks in the yard. But they each had their own individual, like, yard cells, too, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. We'll put up one of those pictures, because there's a picture, and it's horrifying, of yeah. a person in a mask. Yeah, and I definitely, um, I haven't shown these to you yet, but I did take a lot of pictures while I was there, too, mm-hmm. of just the the building and the cells and some of that stuff that we'll definitely put up on the website and the Facebook for sure. Um, The idea behind this, though, was that given enough time alone in silence to wallow in the ugliness of their crimes, they would become truly penitent. Thus, we get the word penitentiary. Yeah, because that's really going to work. I mean... It's worked so far, right? Right? Yeah, totally. Right? Confinement's not barbaric as a fucking. Well, and they now they talk about so now solitary confinement is used as a uh, extreme punishment, a punishment, and they have talked about the the use of solitary confinement. Um, breaching the, it's like the, um, human civil rights Mm -hmm. and like, being very inhumane now, where before they would probably be kept in for the same amount of time, but it was seen as this very, like I said, penitent, reflective... Yeah, like they're thinking in terms of like monks, where you have to have your own solitary journey, like a solitary spiritual journey, but if you're... A lot of these people who are getting arrested are criminals, they're poor, they have, you know, no Mm -hmm. means, and it's not necessarily that they're killers or anything like that, but it's like... Repent about what? How you don't have any money? Like, yeah. <laughs> and you stole bread? Yeah, yeah. So the building originally only had seven cell blocks, but they're laid out. When you look at the map above it. Um, it looks real creepy. It's like the spokes of a wheel. Yeah. So that you can stand in the central surveillance rotunda and look at every cell block. You can see down every cell block from the middle. Um, it had each prisoner in their own private cell. It was centrally heated. It had running water and a flush toilet. Not like we think of today, but it was like a toilet built into the cell that had a, um, like plumbing going out. Um, and a skylight, and it was the only light in the cell. And it's super creepy when you look at these cells, because there was a point where we could actually go into one. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing in the cell, and that really is the only light they had, was this skylight that was way at the top of the cell. Very eco-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also thinking that, you know, if it was even, like, partly cloudy outside, it would be just, like, gray inside the whole day and then dark at night, you know? Like, think about, like, you don't want to... I mean, because this wasn't really when electricity was available. Right. Um, So you don't want to be putting candles and kerosene lamps and things in all of these solitary confinement Mm -hmm. chambers because they're going to use that as a weapon. Right. Oh, yeah, (laughs) totally. And just to compare, at the time... Um, the White House only had, um, it didn't have any running water and it was heated by a coal oven. Mm-hmm. So the, these prisoners in this bill, they actually had it a little better bit better. Than the president. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a little bit. Um, just outside the cell was an outside, uh, an outdoor exercise yard and it was enclosed in a 10 foot wall. So outside of every single cell, there would be a 10 foot wall little area that was like the exercise, quote unquote, exercise yard. 
Um, the hallways on the inside were modeled on the churches at the time, and they used these really tall, arched hallways and windows, and they extended 30 feet high, which is the same height that all of the walls around the prison were as well. Um, and there were skylights throughout the entire building. The outside wall, however, was built in this really, like, gothic style that was meant to be really intimidating. It was almost supposed to be warlike, like a castle, kind mm-hmm. of. They have um, what look like windows on the outsides of the walls, but they're all fake. They're all definitely fake windows. They're just, like, <laughs> oh bricked God. in. Um, so it's meant to be this kind of, like, very intimidating thing and imply that there was physical punishment actually happening behind the walls, even when there wasn't. Um, during the century following its construction, there would be more than 300 prisons in South America, Europe, Russia, China, Japan, and the British Empire that would be based on the design of this prison. And it is fucking massive. Like, it really yeah. is huge. Just looking at the pictures, I was like, holy <clears throat> fucking shit. And, and it's, it's like a whole city in there. Yeah. Well, and when they originally built it, it was built outside of town on this piece of farmland, but now the city of Philadelphia has built up around it, so you get you get there and it's like these neighborhoods and then there's this giant prison that's just like plopped so in the middle. Creepy to live around. Yeah, it was it was definitely it was pretty creepy. <laughs> it's jail. It's jail. <laughs> I am currently in cell block seven, and the one thing that I've noticed about this is it's entirely made out of concrete. The ceilings are about 30 feet high, um, and walls the same height around the outside. The cells, they kind of let you go in and take a look at some of the cells, and they're really not what you would see in uh, what we think of prisons and stuff today. They're much smaller. The doors are a lot smaller. Um, I know I had mentioned earlier, this is really where the practice of solitary confinement started. So it was really kind of a place meant to, to put you alone. Um, I did also find out that they had women housed in this prison, which I did not realize thinking that it was back in the day. You know, it's kind of surprising that, um, they'd even had a, an area to house them in prisoners as I feel like a lot of women were not getting convicted of crimes at as high a rate as men were at the time. Um, but it's very like, it's a very eerie feeling being in here and knowing how many prisoners were housed within the walls. Um, it is kind of dilapidated in that. So it just adds to the whole aesthetic. So like I said, I didn't realize that there would have been women at the prison at the time, mm. because like I said, at That's the time, crazy. Well, and when you think about it, it didn't seem at that at that point that women were being convicted of crimes at as high a rate as men because right. it was very much this perception of like, oh, well, it's a woman, like they aren't capable mm-hmm. of that kind of crime. We are. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag women can be murderers too. Um, Equal rights. <laughs> women were included in the population of the prison until 1923, although the numbers were always really small compared to the number of men. But because of this, officials decided actually to hire a matron to oversee them. They did serve similar sentences to men and for similar crimes. And I also found it interesting that they were housed in the same area. And the way they had it set up is you would have a row of 
Um, so it's, if you think of the cell block, it's like one long hallway. Mm-hmm. And you have a row of cells on the bottom. There was like an upper area that had like a balcony that kind of looked down. And that's where all the women's cells would be at. So they were housed on top of the men um, in the same areas. Although a lot of the times, because of this idea of penitence and not seeing all these other people, the men were not necessarily aware that there were women being mm-hmm. housed above them. Although it's sounded like to me the women didn't receive the same treatment as far as like the hoods and all of that stuff so they were fully aware that there were men below them Mm -hmm. but not the other way around (laughs) they were also given a lot more domestic work like laundry and cooking and sewing compared to the more hard labor that the men would have been subjected to in the prison yeah, that's what I found when I was reading about it. Because I thought it was super fascinating that they had women and men in the same prison. Um, <clears throat> so I was kind of reading more about it. And I actually came across a couple uh, articles that were written in the late 1800s about a couple of the females that had been um, in prison there. And one of them was Anne Henson. And she was actually one of the first few women to be imprisoned at Eastern State Penn. And she was African-American. So. Oh. It was very, like, strange that they would also allow women and people of color to kind of co-mingle with the men. It was very weird. Usually they were... because this would have been late 1800s, early, early 1900s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, she was sentenced for manslaughter charges, and records and first-hand testimonies indicated that uh, Hinson was basically allowed to just walk around the prison all willy-nilly. Really? Yeah. Um, she was not confined to a cell. She was actually friends with the underkeeper's wife, which is kind of like what a warden was back then. Okay. Um, and there was actually a lot of stories from people that stated that they, the underkeeper's wife and Hinson would go around and have sex with multiple prisoners. Oh my God. <laughs> so that was why when you were wow. like, they were allowed to just do what they want. And I was yeah. like, well, yeah, according to some accounts, they were that's really letting them do what they want. Men's cells and having sex with them. Um, and it was like a kind of a big scandal. So, uh, there was actually like a little snippet, uh, from one of the men who had worked there. Um, his name was William Griffith and he made shoes Okay. In the prison. I don't know why they had, like, their own, like, shoemaker sewer in the prison. But he made the clothes and stuff for all these prisoners to wear. He probably would have made the hoods and the shoes. Um, So this is kind of an account that he gave. The woman, the underkeeper's wife's name is Mrs. Blunden. So uh, Mrs. Blunden gave dance parties inside the walls. It happened on a night um, when I was on duty at till 10 o'clock. Mr. Wood came up and told me that if I wished to go down and see how they were coming on in front of part of the building, he would spell me away. I went down. I found at least 30 persons there, male and female. They were dancing to the music of the violins. A black woman played the violin for them, not an inmate at the penitentiary. And then a black woman by the name of Anne, uh, number 100, a convict, was present when I first went down. She appeared to be sitting, looking on, dressed in a calico dress and a turban about, about her head. Well. There was plenty of drinking going on, and some of the females I found pretty well intoxicated. So, wow. So they were so just having a party. So basically, the women were just having a party and bringing in random men. Um, so um, I guess these activities were just going on and with full consent and knowledge by the prison warden. He was like, whatever. Because these, all these women were cooking and cleaning and doing all the domestic work for the prison, so 
Right. That, I guess, was considered their penance, and they were allowed to kind of just Well, again, I think it does come down to the fact that it's, like, women during that time are not viewed on the same... Yeah, they're not viewed on the same, like, playing field as men. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other story I kind of looked at was one of the last female prisoners was Frida Frost, and she was... um, I think she was convicted, yeah, for murder. She had poisoned her husband, and it was, like... A big to-do, and she was the last prisoner in 1923 to stay at uh, Eastern State Penn, and then they transferred her to uh, Muncie, Indiana's Industrial Home for Women, oh, which I guess is just like a, a fancy way. It's <laughs> fancy way of saying a woman, all women's prison. Oh, <laughs> well, that sounds a lot fancier than what they call it now, which I yeah. think is still just pens, female pens, female pens, yeah, <laughs> lady pens. No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> lady pens. So a lot of people started just flocking to the penitentiary in like the 1830s and 40s to just see this, um, what was now considered an architectural wonder. And questions started to arise about the use of solitary confinement and whether or not it was cruel to hold men and women without outside visitors, books or letters from home, and no contact uh, with the outside world whatsoever. Um Alexis, here we go with the fun names. Uh, Alexis <laughs> de Tocqueville. Sure. Tocqueville. Um, visited, he visited <laughs> Eastern State Penn in 1831 with Gustave de Beaumont. Oh, maybe French. Yep. Might French. be French. Yeah. <laughs> um, they wrote in their report to the French government, quote, Thrown into solitude, the prisoner reflects placed alone in view of his crime. He learns to hate it. And if his soul be not yet surfeited with crime and thus have lost all taste for anything better, it is in solitude where remorse will come to assail him. Can there be a combination more powerful for reform than that of a prison which hands over the prisoners or hands over the prisoner to all the trials of solitude leads him through reflection to remorse, through religion to hope, makes him industrious by the burden burden of idleness. Charles Dickinson, I'm sorry, Charles Dickens did not agree. He uh, recounted his 1842 visit to Eastern State Penitentiary in Chapter 7 in his travel journal. He wrote, in its intention, I am well convinced that it is kind, humane, and meant for reform, But I am persuaded that those who design the system of prison discipline and those benevolent gentlemen who carry it into execution do not know what it is that they are doing. I hold this slow and daily tampering with the mysteries of the brain to be immeasurably worse than any torture of the body, and because its ghastly signs and tokens are not so palpable to the eye, and it extorts few cries that human ears can hear, therefore I... I the more denounce it as a secret punishment in which slumbering humanity is not roused up to stay. <laughs> so basically, you got one guy on one side saying this is really horrible, you're just keeping these people in silence, and you have somebody else saying they're bringing them to reform through religion, basically, and mm-hmm. it's this great thing. Eventually, the critics, though, would win out, and um, what was known as the Pennsylvania system was abandoned in 1913, but it was like kind of eroding away long before that. When additional cell blocks were actually added in the 1870s and 1890s, they were still constructed with the same kind of barrel vaults and skylights and stuff, but mirrors were added to that central surveillance rotunda so that you could still see down the new cells. 
However, they didn't include exercise yards on the outside. Instead, they were given hoods for the first time with eye holes in them. And which at that point, <laughs> right? Just yeah. don't wear a fucking hood. But it was so they could go out into the exercise yard and exercise with other inmates and still not have the like identity revealed. Mm-hmm. So they just cut holes in the hoods. Oh my god! Um, a congregate workshop was added in 1905, and by 1909, an inmate newspaper called the Umpire ran a monthly roster of the interpenitentiary penitentiary baseball league scores. They did have this, like, you walk out of one of the cell blocks and in between the wall and, like, where the cell blocks are at, it's mm-hmm. it's just big enough for a baseball field. They had a baseball field just outside oh that God. they played baseball in, you know. It was big I at mean, the time. It was, like, baseball's, like, yeah. re- really coming up, you know. Yeah, I mean, although it sounds really great to be part of a baseball league in jail, there were actually quite a few people who did try to escape. Yeah. Um, so... I kind of looked in, because they talk about all these things where, that you know, they kind of had people able to do other activities, and the women were roaming around and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, it doesn't sound so bad that jail, but then, of course, you have people in solitary confinement, but there were right. people who were like, you know what, fuck this, I'm bouncing out of here. So, um, <laughs> Peace. Uh, William Sutton, he was one of the last people to um, try to escape. And uh, he was known as Slick Willie. Oh, Slick Willie. And he was like a famous bank robber. So he was in jail for robbery, so not really killing anyone. So that's probably why I was like, I, whatever, I don't need to be in here. Um, he was in Eastern State Pen for 11 years. And then in the year of 1945, he tried to escape the facility with actually like a group of inmates. Okay. And they had made a tunnel that went underground a uh, 100 feet in length. Okay. They did not get very far before being caught, but they had dug pretty much almost all the way out of the prison before they were caught. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, actually, that would have been just about to the outside. Yeah, I there's. Think. I, I think there's actually a movie about it, too. I'll have to find it and put it up on um, our Facebook, but it's... It's not based, Shawshank, is it? No. It's, <laughs> it's based off of that story. It doesn't... Tech, like, they don't say it takes place in Eastern State Pen, but it's based yeah. off of the story. And the other one I thought was fascinating, because there's a lot of ghost stories that are, are involved with this particular uh, prison. It's, like, one of the most famous haunted places in all of the United States. It's, like, the most popular episode of Ghost Hunters. It is. is. the one they do at Eastern yeah. State. It's one of my favorites, for sure. Um, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you should watch it if you guys haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, Leo Callahan... He was one of the other, like, 100 inmates that tried to escape. He's the only one that is considered to have gotten away with it. So he was in jail for assault and battery with the intent to kill. He made a makeshift wooden ladder. And in 1923, him and five other inmates climbed that ladder and scaled the wall of Eastern State Pen and escaped. All of his accomplices were recaptured. But he was not. And he is considered still at large. He was never found. Really? They never found him, a body, nothing. Um, So if he had escaped right now, he would have been like 110 years old. Timothy said he ran away with Bell Gunness. Right? Um, So he's the only one who's considered to get away. Like, I feel he probably... He probably got away. He probably got he probably away. got away and didn't die in Considering the Considering they're or all wearing hoods, who yeah. knows? They could have just mean, assimilated right back in. If it was like a jail that was out in the middle of nowhere, I could see maybe getting stuck in the elements and dying or something. But it was yeah. like in a city. 
Yes so, and no. Because at the time, I don't I don't know when did he try to escape? It was in nineteen twenty twenties, yeah. So I'm wondering how built up the city was because it really was when they built the prison, it was like this piece of farmland like way outside the city. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to say way outside, it's not super, it's like north side, but like that's now too. Like they have built up from city center mm-hmm. way out. I mean, there's tons of stuff out there now. So I'm wondering really how built up it would have been when they were trying to escape out of this prison, if it would have been easier to hide out, if it was more built up or if it would have been yeah. more difficult. So he's, he's, I just love how they say that he's still considered to be at large as if he's like some criminal, oh, yeah. like stalking people like that. He's 110 years old if he is, if that's the case. <laughs> so in in 1929, um, the penitentiary's administration produced this silent movie that you can really see kind of the full impact of all of these changes that they'd been slowly implementing. It was made to celebrate the building's centennial. You can see all of these modern improvements that have been made to the building, including the new factory-style weaving shop, commercial-grade bakery and kitchens staffed by dozens of inmates 24 hours a day, and the new guard towers with searchlights and sirens. It also shows inmates by the hundreds filling up the yards in between the spokes of the cell blocks, lining up in new dining halls, and being able to move throughout the prison together. No hoods. They, by this point, had taken the hoods out of the equation. Um <laughs> That poor guy who was making all the hoods, what was he going to do? He's out of work now. <laughs> um, they, the cells were used for two to three men, and the workshops were converted from what used to be the individual exercise yards. They essentially took down all the individual walls and put a roof on it and turned that into one of the workshops. Um, they would continue to construct more cell blocks using reinforced concrete versus the stone that they used to build the rest of the prison. The new cells were small and square, but they had windows instead of just the one skylight um, in the ceiling. And these new blocks, you could not see them from the central rotunda. Um, they also added subterranean and windowless cells with neither light nor plumbing, and that brought this return of solitary confinement back to Eastern State. Um, not for penitence necessarily, but more for punishment. The last addition to the penitentiary would be in 1956. They added cell block 15, a.k.a. death row. Um, the block included fully electronic confinement system and it separated the inmates from the guards at almost all times. So they didn't even get a death row until 1956. That's nuts. Um, so while you're talking about all this crazy shit they're adding, uh, one of the most famous inmates of this prison was none other than the famous Chicago mob boss, Al Capone. And he was in prison there between, uh, well, it, it spanned eight months, I believe, but it was at the end of 1929 into 1930. Yeah, I think he was sentenced to a year and only yeah, and he served, only served yeah. part of it because he was uh, arrested for carrying a concealed deadly weapon. And it was his very first prison sentence, and he was sent to Eastern State Penn. But he lived in, like, the lap of luxury. He was His cell was considered, the like, the Park Avenue block. It had really nice furniture, oriental rugs, a cabinet radio. I mean, it was the cream of the crop. I have a picture. They actually had a cell set up in the way that Al Capone had it yeah, set up. It's like that I really cushy of. and beautiful. They even had like the mute, like the, the classical music playing oh in the background. God. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, so he only served eight months there, but like it was kind of funny because. 
when he was convicted, the Philadelphia court was like, we're going to make an example out of him, and we're going to give him the maximum sentence for this crime, which was only one year. And because of good behavior, he was only in there for eight months. Um, and they allowed him to be comfortable and have all these other things that inmates couldn't have. Uh, and he was able to listen to music. So he was, you know, imagine being next door to him, and he has all these lights. And he has a nice bedspread, and he's listening yeah. to music, and you're over there, like, in a shitty little cell with nothing. They're really making an example out of it. Um, so the funny thing is, though, that there is this theory that he was purposefully arrested so that he could hide out in that jail, because at the time, uh, this was kind of around the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and he, uh, they were trying to pinch him in Chicago for other stuff. So there's this theory that he purposefully got in prison, that he made a deal to be sent to prison for only a few months so that he could hide out. The only problem that I find with this is that he literally spent a couple thousand dollars trying to get released early. What? So it's kind of like, I don't know if that story is necessarily true. It's funny if it is. I mean, if yeah. he was, oh, I'm going to go to prison to hide because where else would you hide? Safest place. No one wants to go to prison. I mean, it's kind of a smart thing. Um, so... There's also another story, like, while he was in jail, supposedly he was haunted by a man that was killed in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, uh -oh. and his name was James Clark, and it is said that each night before Capone was, you know, asleep, he would all of a sudden jolt out of bed and start screaming and saying, uh, stop it, Jimmy, stop it, Jimmy. Oh my so, god. So, you know, there's a little ghosty twist to yeah. his story. But I just think that's kind of funny. Why would a guy haunt him? And it never was mentioned ever again. Only when he was in jail in Pennsylvania. Which, if you know anything about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, that happened in Chicago. Yeah. So, maybe take he, it with a grain he salt. was haunted. <laughs> like, the haunting following him around. Yeah, so, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. There's a lot of conspiracies about... Um, his time there and uh, a lot of ghost stories that come out of it. So like, really? if you're interested in that sort of thing, look it up. Yeah. It's kind of pretty fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the Commonwealth uh, did eventually close the facility in 1971, which still kind of blows my mind that it was open from, is like, what did I say, 1823, mm -hmm. I think, to 1971. That's crazy. It's a lot. It was 142 years after they admitted the first prisoner, oh uh, Charles Williams. The city of Philadelphia purchased the property in the 1980s with the intention to completely demolish the entire penitentiary and basically build developments on the, on the land. Mm -hmm. um, but these developments were successfully halted in 1988 when the Eastern State Penitentiary Task Force petitioned Mayor Wilson Good. Um, it was then opened again in 1984, or, I'm sorry, 1994 for its first season of regular guided tours, and it's been open ever since then. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of really, really cool things. I was looking on their website while we were out there. They do, like, concerts. I saw they had, like, a punk rock night oh on God. one of the That'd things. Yeah. I was like, you yeah. would love oh, this. Fucking punk, man. <laughs> but they do, like, um, one of our Lyft, driver, Lyft drivers was saying they did a showing of Shawshank Redemption. That's so you, funny. So you would go and sit outside. <laughs> and they had, like, an outdoor projector with Shawshank Redemption. Um, they actually do a haunted house there in October, right, which I'm I like, that. I want to go. That looks interesting. Yeah, I've heard, and um, 
Michael and Julian, who were helping me out with this, were saying, oh, we've heard it's, like, the craziest fucking haunted house. I'm like, I want to go so bad, but <laughs> Julian's all about it. Michael's oh. like, I'm not going to go in there. Because it could get too real, because people could. say that that place is super fucking haunted. Yeah. So, I mean. That's all the, that's can the you even more reason that I want to go. Reality. What's real and what's that? <laughs> um, but they do also, for these guided tours, they have a um, some random like art installations that are set up in some of the cells. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I actually went and um, I talked about one of these in one of my little audio clips. (laughs) Vicky's going to give you a self-guided tour. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's the best I could do. What do you want from me? No, it's good. It's exciting. (laughs) You don't need people to talk about it. You can fucking do it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you, Steve Buscemi. I'll tell people about this. Yeah. So here's the stuff about the art installation. (laughs) Well, we just found out that we can't get into the death row wing um, because it's blocked off for, like, group tours, which is kind of a bummer. I know Mike really wanted to go. Um, we did, however, go down. There's, like, another wing just to the left. They talk a lot about how the prison is set up as uh, almost like bicycle spokes. You can think of it like that. Um, down at the end, they had this really interesting art installation that uh, was these portraits of people hanging from the ceiling um, that were all victims of criminals who were eventually incarcerated at Eastern State Penitentiary. Um, I think it's really kind of cool that they're able to do stuff like that here. Um, it's, it's kind of that reaching out to... Uh, uh, to what am I looking for? Um, putting more of the focus on, on victims rather than the criminals that cause the crimes, which is really interesting. Um, but it was a nice little art installation. It's just kind of a bummer. We can't go down to death row. <laughs> Maybe we'll just break the rules and walk down there. <laughs> so I will tell you, we did break the rules and walk down there. <laughs> it was funny because um, we were kind of like walking past and there was another couple that was also walking around the the like same area and they're like well what if we go down there is they're like are we're they gonna part do of anything? A group tour well we were like if you guys go down there we'll go down there we'll just pretend that we're one big group that walked <laughs> down there. so we all just like walked down to the end of death row and honestly it wasn't like super different it was basically the same thing that i'd see <laughs> in every other cell block but it was like the idea of being in death row was just a little crazy, but so they had these art installations. That one, like I said, it was like portraits hanging from the ceiling. They had another one um, that was, it was like, I think it was parts of the silent film that the administration produced next to um, these news reports about prison reform mm-hmm. with the audio from those being played over it. It was like some wow. artsy something. Yeah, you know? some artsy something. Yeah. <laughs> In one of the cells, they did actually have this recreation of what a cell was like at Gitmo. Oh. For, um, it was like this part of, of that before they closed it because it was too you know, like the punishment that they were doing was like too extreme extreme, and they closed that section, but they had this setup of like what one of the, it was basically like a dog cage almost, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, they had a lot of interesting stuff down there. Um, but yeah. Oh, I think I have one ending clip too. Hold on. Well, we've finished our little walking audio tour of, uh, the Eastern state penitentiary. 
Um, there was a lot of really interesting stuff. They We just went into the, it was like a restored synagogue. Like I said, they had a lot of art installations. You know, Al Capone was here. That's no big deal, I guess. Um, a lot of the stuff I should have already talked about by this point. Um, yeah, you know, should have. Um, but overall, it was, I think, a really interesting tour. If you ever have the opportunity to come out and take a look um, and see for yourself, I think it's really hard to describe how absolutely massive this place is um, and what kind of... Oh, yeah, we could post photos on our Instagram at the Bad Taste Crime Cast. Um, and I did take some pictures that will be up on our Facebook and our website. Um, so that's it. I guess I am signing off from the Eastern State Penitentiary. And I stand by that. If you get the opportunity to go out there, it was really awesome. To be fair, I sound really tired on that audio because it was fucking hot. Yeah. It was like, it was like 90% humidity and... And you're in giant concrete Well, and it's basically open to the outdoors. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's... They have like this little recharge... like room in the back kind of by Al Capone's cell that had a free thing where you could like charge your phones and air conditioning and like, this little <laughs> I think they might have had the this silent film on <laughs> mm-hmm. loop in there so we stopped in there for a little bit but it was it, no it was really really cool it's like it was like $14 to get in I mean it's That's not too bad no not at all for a self-guided audio tour mm-hmm. we were there for like two hours it's, maybe yeah it's fucking two, huge three so you hours. can spend yeah. a lot of time in there yeah it was super fucking awesome And hopefully, I mean, it it was kind of nice to be able to actually go out and investigate something that we're talking about for the show. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we can do some more of that stuff. Yes. Yeah, I know this is kind of a shorty episode. That's okay, <laughs> but that's last, okay. Last six episodes yeah. is gonna be probably fucking long. So, yeah. so balance, you know. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Yin to the yang. Do we have any shout outs? Yeah. Specifically <laughs> besides the ones we forgot last time. <sighs> Yeah, don't remind me. Yeah. As soon as we stopped recording, I was like, no. So we do this a lot. We're going to put this out there. We forgot to shout out Tiff Weech and Jason Z for our sound and editing and music. And it's not because we're horrible people and we don't appreciate their help. It's because we, per our last episode, have human error. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. sometimes to we error just is, is us. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to put out a special huge, awesome thank you. Tiff Weech does our sound and editing. Jason Z does our music. They're two of the best people I know, and we couldn't do this without them. So sorry about missing you last time. We'd probably be recording in a bathroom or something off of a shitty, like, fucking Mattel, like, (laughs) recorders. The echo mics with, like, the springs in them. That would be our podcast if we didn't have help. Um, So it's not that we don't appreciate them, we just forget sometimes. And, and they're the best. did write it down in our notes, but we literally were just like, oops! <laughs> By the time we're done recording, we're just like, okay, we gotta be done. Yeah, and we're just basically yeah, going over all off. the things that we fucked up, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I only had one shout out this week because none of y'all be writing iTunes reviews. Get yeah, in the there. Is. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me how you feel about this. Tell us your favorite episode. Give us a story. Anything. Yes. On Twitter at BT Crimecast, our Instagram, our Facebook, any, like, email us. We do Website, love emails. Website, Yes. So, um, I had one shout out. I found out we had one <coughs> 
German listener. Oh. Um, so, um, Torsten Nassenberg, I'm probably saying that really horribly wrong. It's, you would have said it better than I would I mean, have. German. Yes. Um, he's one of our first German listeners. That's awesome. Um, so, I just want to shout out to him. He gave us a couple, you know, nice shout outs on Twitter. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. We if appreciate it. If I could say it. your name, I would, but shout out to you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I, am, I mean, you get more and more international listeners, yeah. like, every... I've got a bit, we've got a bit of a following in England. So, yeah, so England, Canada, there's a couple, obviously there's someone in Germany, and there's a couple people um, in Japan that listen to us, which I think is awesome. I hope to go to Japan someday. Yeah. We'll have a murder meetup. Maybe not call it that, though. The murder murder meetup. (laughs) Murder meetup with Bad Taste Crime Maybe that's not as weird in Japan. Probably not. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to thank uh, him, and again... You can find us on all of our social media. Yes. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. Yes. Um, as previously mentioned, don't forget yeah. you can support us on Patreon or give one-time donations through PayPal if you don't want to commit. I know. I'm always afraid of committing. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and I do just want to thank Michael and Julian yes. for taking me hosting to Easter State hosting me in <laughs> Philly. It was a rockin' time. It sounded fun. Yeah. I was a little jelly when you kept sending me Snapchats. It's like, so my God, how much fun I'm having. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it was great until I got stuck at the airport all day, but we're not going to yeah, talk about that. Girl, tell me yeah. about it. When I came back from Seattle, I was like, why is this happening to me? This is why I don't fly. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just think, we'll be doing that again. Yay. Well, I will. Aren't you flying? Uh, no. prob- probably. Yeah. Well, on that note. The O'Malley's are going international. <laughs> this has been the Bad Taste Crime Cast. I'm Vicky. I'm Janelle. And we'll see you in two weeks. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Strangler has murdered 10 young women and left their bodies on the hillsides along the highway. It was as if a wave of evil washed over this town. We are all evil at some form or another.